Episode 20 of the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent and get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. You know what's unexpected? Everyone enjoying the 157-point ending in the All-Star game. Who would have guessed that? Who would have guessed a dopey idea like that would actually work? Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. Talk to a State Farm agent today. Coming up is part two of our Dwight Howard Fest here on the Book of Basketball podcast. This is a pod that we taped right before the season, actually, uh, this season. Me, Joe House, Kevin Clark from The Ringer, a lifelong Orlando Magic fan, talking about one of the two most heartbreaking losses in Orlando Magic history and one of the biggest uh, basketball chokes of this century. Uh, but a fascinating game and a game that has kind of slipped through the cracks because uh, Orlando doesn't have a lot of fans. So we're going to talk about that right now and a whole bunch of other things. My name is Bill Simmons. This is the Book of Basketball 2.0. Unlike Shaq, Kobe's going to attack. Larry, she's at three, quads playing that D. LeBron hits him with that steal, and yet all we feel. Pass it to Luke, yeah, he's going to juke yeah, yeah. It's a book of basketball, 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 yeah. I'm here with Kevin Clark, diehard Magic fan. Joe House, diehard Bullets Wizards fan who hasn't had anything good happen to him in 38 years. This is the best <laughs> thing that ever happened to Kevin Clark, basketball-wise. And yet now, 10 years later, people just think the Lakers won 4-1 to one, and the series was never close. It's one of my great causes, is yeah. revisionist history on this finals. All right, hold that. <laughs> put it in your pocket. We're going to talk about two different legacies to start. One was the legacy of the 9 finals. The other was the legacy of Game 4. And they're mm. intertwined. Um, Legacy 2009 finals. House wanted it. I wanted it. You didn't want it. America wanted it. We wanted LeBron versus Kobe. It had been brewing since Kobe, since LeBron entered the league in 2003. The Lakers were the best team that year. They were the one seed. This was LeBron's first MVP season. This was Kobe's probably the best non-Shaq Laker team he ever had. And it was a collision course going like this. The Celtics, Kevin Garnett gets hurt. So they got kind of knocked out. And it's just going this way. And what happened, Kevin Clark? Well, they had no answer for Hito Turkoglu and Rashard Lewis. Stan Van Gundy basically let LeBron score and took out everybody else on the floor. And they were a matchup nightmare. So it wasn't, there's no excuse here. LeBron was healthy. He just, they just didn't have the matchup to beat the buzzsaw Orlando Magic. And LeBron had one of the great playoff series yeah. of his career. And it's really one Statistically of- Statistically the best ever. Yeah. And his, and it's one of the best of all time. Orlando was fine with it. They just took out everybody else. I've been guilty of this. Kevin Clark corrected me. You were <laughs> mad. I was basically like, Orlando got red hot against yeah. Cleveland. They knocked them out. You were like, no, actually not true. That was the team they were all year, and they just did what they had done for eight months. Not only that, I talked to Stan Van Gundy about this about six weeks ago, and he talked a little bit about how they had played LeBron so many times, including the kind of secret here was they went to China to play against LeBron for a mm. preseason game. 
And they just sort of played around and said, hey, what if we did this to LeBron? What if we did this to LeBron? And they ended up with a pretty good idea of just, just let him score, let him pass to Wally Zerbiak or whatever, and just and, and let it happen. And so I think that Stan Van Gundy was the perfect coach for this team, and LeBron, unfortunately, felt the brunt of it. Yeah. So, so for all, all of that preparation, though, and all that game planning and strategic thinking and, uh, you know, properly identifying this is the threshold we have to get to to make it to the finals, there was such a stark lack of any of that in, in these finals by contradistinction. They lost all composure, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Over the, the they blew game two, they, lose, they blew game four. It's funny, he mentioned in that piece you did, mm-hmm. which was called The Forgotten Innovators, um, that he thought they should have swept Cleveland in the Eastern Finals right. and that LeBron made one of the best shots of his career, one game two with a crazy buzzer beater where they basically screwed up and didn't double team him. And right. he felt oh. like Van yeah, Gundy. that's yeah. going to be a recurring theme later. Yes. Van Gundy felt like if they had just gotten a stop on that play, they'd probably sweep the Cavs. They were better. They had them figured out. Dwight to protect the rim, the whole thing. So no one remember Jameer was out, so Hito was handling the ball in the second half. He's six ten. Team normal teams did not have an answer. It was fine. That was not a, a, to the detriment of, of the Magic. Yeah, Hito oh, could I handle agree. the ball. Yes, he could. They had the Cavs number. The Cavs could not figure him out. They could have played a hundred games. I so, agree with you. So legacy one was that no LeBron Kobe finals. Legacy two was Kobe's odyssey to win the title without Shaq. And this was something that started from the moment he pushed Shaq out of town in 04. Post-trial, the Laker fans galvanized behind him. Everybody else was like, fuck that guy. And it leads to this four-year run where at one point, summer 2007, it looks like he wants a trade, give some teams. We will never know how close they got to Chicago, Detroit, stuff like that. They bring him back in the fold. And then everybody starts doing favors for them. And we're going to get to those favors a little bit later. House. Yeah, literally it, doing favors. There's some real favors that come into play. And then they turn things around, but he still doesn't have the title without Shaq. And people like me, you know, mainstream columnists on the internet with podcasts are going, wow, he's never won a title without Shaq. Kobe's great. Wow, he's never won a title without Shaq. And that was just what he was going to hear. This was his chance now to win a title without Shaq. This is killing Clark. Clark's going to start crying. I, I th- This game... Rewatching, it. I'd never seen it as the broadcast. I was in the, the building. Oh, office. you were physically yeah. attending yeah. the game. Yeah, so I'd never seen the broadcast. When I rewatched it, it hit me a lot more than I thought it was going. I got, re- I, I had to turn it off at one point. This was. <laughs> I don't good. blame you. This is not a good experience. Can we, can you we got get Kevin and masseuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the third legacy of this finals is just that goofy Orlando team, which we're going to yeah. dive into later. But as you said, the forgotten innovators in the NBA. People talk about Nash's sons. Yeah. Nelly's Mavs, the We Believe Warriors, and all these fun teams from that decade. And the Magic were a really fun team that it made the finals chucking threes. Chucking as threes. To going out with, early chucking threes. With a true center and then two 6'10 forwards, both of whom could handle the ball. But people just didn't like watching Dwight Howard. And that was always held against this team. Even then? Yeah. I mean, I'm reading. Oh, I have, I I have some stuff for you. I know. <laughs> And the whole forgotten innovator thing has been forgotten partly because they didn't do well in this series. And yet, two of the four, first four games go into overtime. Yep. Um, three of the first four Had games were— Had not happened were, for 25 years. Yeah, we're really Celtics, close. Lakers were the, uh, in 84 where the, it was the previous time that it happened. So the other legacy of this is just this Lakers team. 
weird team. We'll talk about that later. A Pieces. team that I don't think in 2019 would have been as successful. And I think they really would have had to change who they played. But did have a mental toughness to them. And I thought the most telling stat rewatching this game was that they were 7-0 after a playoff loss that year. Mm. They had an ability to bounce back. In game two and game four, they pulled out overtime games. They pulled out a seven-game series against a relatively feisty Rockets team. The the uh, the series before was 2-2 against Denver going into game five. Yeah. And this was when Carmelo was really starting to look like he was going to become one of the guys. And, you know, they cut their knees off. They won game six in Denver. And this team did – the Derek Fisher shots, this wasn't an accident. This was a team that had been tested in 2008 in that Celtic series, had had some really bad losses, and I thought learned from them. You agree? I House? totally agree with okay. that. Yeah. Clark doesn't want to agree. He's like, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. So in legacy so of game four, I'll start here with this question. Phenomenal comeback or one of the greatest chokes in NBA history? If you had to pick one. I, well, there's a couple of ways to look at this, but I would say the last five seconds, not fouling Derek Fisher, Jameer Nelson having no idea what was going on. And by the way, Jeff Van Gundy being afraid to say to criticize his brother, his brother was the yeah. head coach. Oh, yeah. uh, all of those things. That that I would say that Jameer Nelson's behavior in the last five seconds was just a, a – Huge choke job. Well, that was only one of eleven ways they choked in this game. Oh, we're gonna I, look, we're gonna Dwight break Howard it all down completely. Yeah, the there's a whole line. bunch of shit going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it's it's a it's an uncontrovertible choke job. It's an all time choke job. It's an all time. But not only that, twelve when, at halftime. They lost the third quarter, thirty to fourteen. <laughs> the fourth quarter went back and forth. They were up five with one minute left. Yeah, but they're like a yeah. I mean, we're, we're going through all of it. We, we we can. So it, I, I'm with you. I say bigger choke than, but also I, I don't want to sleep on the comeback. Fisher made an awesome shot at the end of regulation. Kobe made an incredible. They're down five, thirty seconds left. Fast break, spinning no look pass to Gasol. That was one of the better plays of his career, just to cut it to three. And then Fisher made the big shot in OT too. Yeah. So they made really every big play down the stretch. The other legacy of this game. It's just Dwight Howard, yep. this century's most confusing superstar. He This was weirdly the best game of his career in some ways, and then also the worst game of his career in other ways. And Maybe the most representative game of his career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a guy who made five straight first-team All-NBAs, so for a half decade, he was the best center in the league, hands down. You know, it's it's hard to remember this stuff now because he goes to the Lakers, really unhappy year. His body's starting to break down. Goes to Houston. Is a little better than I think people remember in Houston. That team almost made the finals. But um, his body just started breaking down. He yep. had back surgery, what was it, when he was 25? Yep, yep. Traded in 2012, and then that was, that was it. If he'd stayed in Orlando, I think he's remembered differently. He had... The, it's funny, in 2009 in April, they write... This Sports Illustrated writes this piece, basically like, what the fuck's going on with this guy? But they're yeah. not saying that. But it's like, is this guy too happy? I remember What's that. going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's on the covers. It's like, too happy? It was one of those guys we could just never figure out. And you can hear Van Gundy's frustration in the broadcast because, so we're going like in the first quarter of this game. Uh, uh, well, let me go backwards. Game one, Lakers win by 25. Kobe scores 40. Just a Game blowout. two, completely no energy for just the a regular old blowout. Even, it happens in the final sometimes. Yeah, not even worth it. Game two, Lakers win an OT, but Courtney Lee misses a layup. Hold that thought to win the game. 
in regulation. Game three, Magic win, 108-104. Game four, Lakers win in OT. Game five, they clinch it out. Uh, Howard was 15-15, and 15, four blocks a game for the finals. Solid, not incredible. But in this first quarter, the Magic are up four after one, 24-20. Howard has 11 rebounds in the first quarter. They're up 11 at, at they're up 12 at halftime. Howard has five blocks and 14 rebounds. And they're raving about him. The announcers are saying, wow. Because he's asserting himself. This is, if he played like this all the time, watch out. Right. It's like one of those games. Uh-huh. But it's also kind of telling that they're saying that. You know, we don't see the best fight. We, if Giannis is playing well in a Bucks playoff game, yeah. the announcer's like, wow, if he played this hard all the time, watch <laughs> out. They're not saying that. No. They said that about Dwight Howard. And yeah. I think that matters. Um Third quarter, Lakers outscore them 30 to 14. Ariza has 13. They're really realizing as game four goes along that Gasol, Odom, Ariza, Kobe, and Fisher is their best lineup and that they shouldn't be playing Bynum. Right. And Odom in particular. Odom in particular is the key to the series for them. The irony is in 2019, that's just their team. Yep. Bynum is playing 10 minutes a game. Right. There's You would never have Bynum, Gasol, and Odom playing together. It would be like why are we doing this? We're just clogging the middle. We need we need more three-point shooting. They stumble into this. Now they kind of have Orlando's number. Explain the Jameer Nelson, Ray for Austin thing. Oh, boy. So Jameer Nelson goes down in January when they were red hot. At some point in late January, they the Magic set the record for most threes in a game. Um, it looked like they were just going to roll in against Sacramento Kings. So low light, low light among many low lights for the Sacramento Kings of the last decade. Um, it looked like they were going to be the hot team going to the playoffs. Jameer goes down uh, right before after the All-Star break, and we make a trade. First, we trade for Ty Lue which everybody forgets about. Ty Lue. We trade for Ty Lue, and then like a day later, we trade for Ray for Alston. So Ty Lue was just on the at the end of the bench, and I think he played one playoff game at one point. And so our rotation then is Jameer, is Jameer is out, Ray for Alston and Anthony Johnson are our first half point guards, and then Hedo starts carrying the ball in the second half. Now, midway through May, maybe, Otis Smith says, oh, by the way, Jameer Nelson might be practicing a little bit. And we're like, oh, it's good for Jameer. Good for him to be around the team. He had a fucked up shoulder yeah, surgery. Yeah, he's got right. a shoulder. Maybe but hey, we're, right. he's an emotional leader. Glad to have him back in practice. We'll see you in November, Jameer. And then it comes out that he might play. And well, then, but you left out, they win a game seven in Boston. I, now, granted, well, no, no Kevin Garnett, I mean, but... They beat a a really feisty... Sixers team in the first round. Young Andre Iguodala. Yep. Who hit a game winner yeah. in that in that series. They beat a on the road, game seven, uh, a pretty good Boston team without Kevin Garnett. Ray Rondo Allen, playing really well. Rondo Ray playing, playing really well. Ray Pierce Allen, there. Big Baby yeah. hits a game winner. That's Apex Mountain for but Big Baby. But you killed us in that game seven. You were up by like 30 at yeah. one point. Oh, yeah. We were just draining ass, threes. That's just draining kick. threes. And then we play Cleveland, and that's we've already gone into that. That's just the matchup nightmare. And so what we start doing, I think it was the, the first time out of game one, we put Jameer Nelson in the game, in the finals. And I talked to Stan about it a couple weeks ago. He said he doesn't regret doing it. He said that he unlocked some that of the That makes one of us. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I think that when you get to a point because, and by the way, this foreshadowed, we didn't know why we were good. That was the problem with the Magic. And that was the problem with the Vince Carter trade a month later which was we were good because we had a bunch of tall guys who dribbled down the court, nobody could stay with them, and they'd make threes. And they could okay? shoot. That, and Dwight in the middle, right? Yeah. That's why we were good. All of a sudden, we're bringing Jameer Nelson back. We're trading for Vince Carter. We, it's like we had no idea what the game was going to evolve into. 
And so I guess what I'm saying is Jameer Nelson. But regardless, if you have Hito Turkoglu and Rashard Lewis draining threes, just keep them there. Don't don't screw with the chemistry. Something's working. You just beat LeBron. You just went into Boston and won by a trillion points. So you they messed with the chemistry. They messed with the rotation. Anthony Johnson was pissed off the entire time. There was just a kind of a genre of Anthony Johnson angry on the bench shots. I don't know if you guys saw this. He looked like he wanted to kill everybody. That well, is there great. is there any backstory as to? that helps explains this identity crisis they clearly thought that they were confronted by. Well, so going backwards, they win game three. Ray for Austin plays 37 minutes, 20 points, eight for 12 shooting. Jameer plays 11 minutes. That's the right ratio. But then in game four, Ray for Austin stunk. He was one for eight. And Van Gundy, I think, just panicked. Yep. He only plays Courtney Lee seven minutes in game four. He plays Reddick 17 minutes. He plays Jameer 25 minutes, but basically plays him the whole fourth quarter. And, it, you know, he created a couple plays offensively. He finished with two points and three assists in 25 minutes. Took no three-pointers. That was the other thing. He couldn't shoot three-pointers because he had a fucked-up shoulder. Yep. Very, very, very odd. It really upset And it was weird at the time. Mark Jackson, the fourth quarter, yeah. was basically like, I can't believe they're not playing Ray for Austin over Jameer Nelson. Yeah. Yes. And, and also, it, it, when you talk about that three thing— what made it work so well, especially in that Boston game, was we had four people on the court at all times who could just rain threes. Someone yeah. like Courtney Lee could That's do right. it. J.J. Reddick could do it. Michael Petrus could do it. We, Whoever was on the court, we always had four shooters, and now you've got a guy with a bum shoulder. Well, what are you going to do? It disrupted the whole rhythm. So eight minutes left. Lakers are up six. The Magic have 17 turnovers and eight missed free throws at this point. They're six for 20 in the second half, six turnovers. Kobe's got 24. Howard's got 8 points, 18 rebounds, 6 blocks. But it looks like the Lakers are going to close it out. Pietras makes a monster yes. three-pointer. Stems the tide a little. Quick, quick break. How good was Pietras? Yeah, he yes. ended up on the he Celtics, was, I think, a year later. He was yeah, great in the series, though. He was good. I forgot. I'll tell you this, though. He, Ape- some Apex Mountain performance He's ahead of his there. time. Oh, this is his definition oh, yeah. of Apex Mountain because he dined off this series for the next few years. Because <laughs> Remember how good he was in that series? It's like, no, that, he was just good that year, and that's it. Kobe made a crazy 22-footer, and I remember I went back to some of the stuff I wrote. This was really the year when Kobe just figured out how to make long jump shots with yeah. a hand in his face. Mm-hmm. And he took shots that always seemed terrible, but they went in. And he does this in this series particularly, I don't know, 40 times. You're like, <laughs> oh, that's a bad shot. Boom. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Bang. And with a guy right there, he just had completely figured out how to get shit off. Lakers are up five. Orlando makes and misses some free throws. Oh, 537 left. Howard gets a rebound. Outlet to Pietras. Driving layup. And a Mike Breen and the foul! Magic tie the game! Petrus goes at Kobe Bryant. He's bumped, puts it in, and a foul! Magic tie the game! So now we're in the final four minutes. Fisher gets stuffed. Howard, nice little pass from Jameer. Dunk, fouled, free throw, makes it. Orlando up three. This was a killer, 235 left. The Magic are playing great defense. They completely shut down the first three options on a play. It goes to Ariza, top of the key. Mm-hmm. Three seconds left. He has no idea what to do. Flings up a 27-footer. It goes in. Petrus one-on-one. He's made him work again. Bryant to drive to the basket. Finds Gasol. Knocked away by Turkaloo. 
Ariza, shot clock at four. Ariza looking, he's got to hoist it up. The three-pointer. Oh, it's good. Trevor Ariza nails the three as the shot clock expires. Tag in. Turkaloo responds. Step back three, tongue out after. He big made so many of those. Magic up three. Big balls on that guy. Howard big blocks, Turkish balls. Howard blocks Gasol. Turkish balls. Howard blocks Gasol. And I'd forgotten how he kind of owned Gasol in this series on oh, defense. Yeah. Like Gasol really couldn't do that much. His stats were not that good in this series. Uh, Hidu makes the awkward Hidu runner in the other end, which I forgot how much That's, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Clumsy 6'10", kind of falling. Wrong footed. All right, so he, here, he missed one of those later that was yeah. a killer. We'll get so to that. So 134 left. Magic up five. Mm -hmm. oh. Crowd going fucking apeshit. And over a 16, over a 17 minute stretch, basically from the fourth quarter until the last three seconds of overtime, Orlando attempted 18 free throws. LA attempted zero. I have some thoughts on this coming up. <laughs> Orlando commits their first team foul with a minute 14 left in the fourth quarter of the quarter. Oh, interesting. Mm. House, do you want to guess who the referees were? Uh, one name I'm positive is Bavetta. Nope, he was retired by then. Oh, God damn it. Well, Scott Foster has to be involved then. Oh, he sure was. <laughs> okay. Was Bennett Salvatore involved too? Oh, oh he Benny. sure was. That's funny. I was got... Orlando getting every call this uh, this whole game? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Benny was Salvatore. I wonder what the league was there or not. No, he wasn't. So he Steve was... Javi, the Magic at one point, I don't know if it held up the entire time. The Magic were 12-0 in the playoffs when Steve Javi mm. officiated. Well, they wanted Orlando to yeah. win this game. So, Minute left, Kobe clangs a terrible three. 28-footer misses. Orlando now has the ball. Up five. Up five. Kobe's fourth quarter, by the way. So second half of game three, he was three for 14. Um, then to this point in the game, he was nine for 26. And in the fourth quarter, turnover, contested jumper made it, contested jumper miss, contested drive miss, contested jumper make, contested drive blocked. Wide open three, miss. Contested drive, turnover. Contested drive, blocking foul. Contested three, miss. They were like really defending him well. He did not have one, you know, anything where it was just like a good shot with nobody had great breathing out his neck. 39 seconds left. Lewis misses a wide open 16-footer. So this is... Clark can still see it. He fakes the three. Guy goes flying by him. Dribbles in. Little 16-footer awful game from him. Well, on the list of five reasons that the Magic lost this series, Rashard Lewis going cold is in this in game. That, in that in that five. He, very he was rarely one for nine. Cold. Yeah. He had three points going into overtime. Overtime, yeah. Right. He made a three in overtime. So rebound, Kobe, fast break drive. Pietras is standing in the corner, doesn't run back. Kobe takes off, flies to the rim. Dwight has to go block it. Kobe does this spinning crazy pass, somehow realizing Gasol is there. Layup. Magic by three. Timeout. Turkoglu looking outside. Lewis leans in for the two. Short. Rebound taken by Fisher. Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. You're still up three, 31 seconds left. I was very nervous. They run a play. You weren't the, alone. I have no, some I issues. I was the one guy. <laughs> I have some issues with this play choice. Okay. It's a pick and roll with, with Hugh Turkoglu and Dwight Howard. Mm -hmm. 
where Dwight Howard rolls and the Lakers are like, cool, if you if you get the ball, we're going to foul you. Yes. Uh, he gets the ball. Dwight Howard hacks him. Dwight Howard now goes to the line. With no, 11. who hacked him? You said Dwight Howard. I mean, I said Kobe hacks him. Kobe hacks Dwight. That's Ele- right, a yeah. proper hack. 11 seconds left. Tie, Orlando up three. Dwight at the line. Two things happen. Um, well, one thing really happens. The crowd starts chaining MVP. What would you have gone with there? Just like, well, what is your best? I was probably best, like, chanting Dwight? MVP at that point, just to be. I probably didn't feel good about it, but I was probably chanting MVP. Was just kind of a nervous silence better for Dwight? You think? Or? I think so. Yeah. I mean, Why? First of all, you have to remember a couple of things. Number one is that that building used to get really, really loud. It was the yeah. old arena. It used uh-huh. to get very, very loud. The second thing is we didn't have a ton of big game experience. We got mm. we got swept in the '95 finals. True. We had the weird T Mac years. I mean, obviously the, the games never got out of the first Jordan. round. Yeah. yeah, but the games against Jordan with Shaq and Penny were great. But that it had been 14, 13 years uh, since then, since those those really great games, and the city had exploded in population. Probably a different crowd, and you know the. For me, you know, you had, I think they played the Pistons in the second round the year before. They just didn't know what to do when Dwight Howard's at the line to go 2-2 in the finals. And I think that that shows. Let me ask that this, That shows the MVP chant. So that about, not, Maybe this is awkward would have been better, yeah. that chant? No. I honestly think that it was a, a, a type of uh, poignant emotional intelligence. I think the fans understood the fragility of Dwight Howard and his his psyche. They'd been watching him miss free throws all effing game. If you know there's who else understood do, that you fragility? You don't be quiet. The Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers. You know who understood Jackson. the fragility well, as well? I know who you're going to say. Dwight Howard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he he is. He's the fragile Dwight Howard, the delicate orchid Dwight Howard. I think chanting MVP was the right thing. You got to prop wow. him up, make it loud, make it, it raucous. Don't let him be quiet and think about what what's in front it of him, what's at stake. I was completely convinced. There was no solving it. That's no, the problem. He had no chance of making those free That's throws. That's it. In the same building, he had no chance Nick of making. Nick Anderson missed those free throws. <laughs> Dwight Howard also. There'd been this whole narrative that Dwight Howard was going to be a better free throw shooter. That had been three years in the making. Oh, Dwight's got to figure it out. Dwight's got to figure it out. And then, of course, he doesn't have to figure it. He out. never figured it out. Never figured it out. So, I see. I think the answer is you just chant MVP as loud as you've ever chanted. Me too. It. It's like deafening. I or agree. Or complete silence. Not complete silence. He misses both back rim. Second one hits back rim, bounces up, rolls around, bounces out. Timeout. Lakers decide to take it from the backcourt. Who are you worried about at this point? Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. But you Derek, know, here's the thing. Derek, Derek Fisher. Fisher but from my perspective, Derek Fisher is who you worry about because how many times has Derek Fisher made this dumb out of nowhere shot? Well, he does it again with yeah. 4.6 seconds left. Gets the ball in his hands. Back to Ariza. Over to Fisher. Fisher looking. Fisher puts up the three. Ties the game. Derek Fisher ties it with 4.6 remaining. And what is Jameer Nelson thinking they're going to do? Why wouldn't you be up and crowd the guy? But I loved how they defended it. What are you doing behind the three-point line? I mean, I'm not understanding what he's thinking about right there. Derek Fisher is not a threat. He's doing you a favor, Jameer Nelson, if he puts the ball on the floor and goes by you to the rim. More time being eaten off the clock. This is bad execution by the Magic. Fisher makes the three, and Nelson's three feet off him. And the announcer's behind the three-point line. 
Way to go, you still Jim. have the ball with 4.6 seconds left. Your first inbounds play is so bad, you have to call timeout again. The second inbounds play <laughs> seems like it was designed to get Howard switched on Kobe for alley-oop to, him. to yeah. Howard with Kobe behind him. And they had the play, and then Turkoglu just didn't throw it to him. He throws it to Pietrice, who ends up with a 21-foot runner. And I couldn't believe it, but it didn't go in. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked yeah. when that climbed off the backboard. Right. So OT, Lewis makes a three. Kobe makes a jumper. Kobe makes another one. Laker up one. Terrible basketball for the next three minutes. Awful. Tie game. The Magic at this point are 22 for 37 from the free throw line. They've missed 15 free throws. Um, Ariza misses a runner with one minute left. He's out of bounds. Jumps Back in bounds, isn't in bounds yet, gets the rebound. They don't call him out of bounds. Um, that leads to Kobe breaking a jumper with two guys on him. Nelson hooks Gasol's arm on the rebound. Yeah, for no reason. Foul. Lakers get the ball back, post up Kobe. Jameer Nelson's on the top with Fisher, decides to come off Fisher. Guess what? That's not a great idea. Comes in. Kobe swings around and elbows him right in the face. No call. Flagrant two in this era. Yeah, that's definitely reviewed. Throws it to Fisher. Fisher drains it. I'm okay with the no call because the Lakers got completely fucked this whole game on calls. So it was kind of like poetic justice. I'm okay with the no call because Jameer had no business coming yeah. down to help and leaving Don't Derek make, Fisher. Yeah. Give mean, up the two-pointer to Kobe. Ex exactly. So then the Lakers, the Magic have the ball out of a timeout. Set up the missed off-balance three from Turkaloo. Lewis tries to tip the ball back, tips it to Gasol, yeah. fast break dunk, game over. So to finish off the choke, Howard did not score a, f uh, he had a field goal right at the beginning of the third quarter and then didn't have another one until the three minute mark of the fourth quarter. And that was it for field goals for him. Orlando only made one two point shot yeah. in the last six minutes, 30 seconds of the game. They set the record in game three, shooting 62.5%. All-time finals record, then go completely cold in game four. Turkaloo went scoreless for the last 6.30. Lewis had six points, missed eight of 10. The free throw disparity was so bad that Orlando missed as many free throws as LA made. And on that point, that made up the difference for the missed threes. You didn't need to make threes no. to win the basketball game. Rashard Lewis could have gone cold and he could, still could have won. You had 17 more free throw attempts. Well, so what happened in the first quarter, they're just calling fouls on all the all the bigger guys on the Lakers. And they cut, after the first quarter, they do the coach interview with Phil Jackson, which I think started that year, the coach interviews. Oh. And he's just like, I thought the calls were bogus. They found out all our guys. I don't know what the hell's going on out there. It's like, you never say that now. You're just immediately forgetting fine. So, uh, <laughs> so that was it. And then the Lakers win game five. Was that in Orlando, right? It was. Yeah, by 13. I left after the third quarter. Didn't want to be part of it. Yeah, I don't blame you. In Orlando. Game five. Let's take a break to talk about State Farm. Just like basketball, the game of life is unpredictable. Talk to a State Farm agent. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. There's going to be some unexpected stuff happening. Uh, even we don't have basketball for the next few days, but it looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers coach might step down. I'm sure there's going to be some buyout guys. I'm sure somebody's going to be unhappy about something. It's the NBA. You never know. Things get unexpected from time to time. Uh, that's what life is like, too. Get a teammate who can help you navigate the unexpected. You know who can help you? State Farm. Talk to a State Farm agent today. 
So let's do the categories because we can hit a lot of stuff from this game and Love big it. picture stuff. First one is most rewatchable sequence. I have three. Mm. Orlando's collapse in the final 90 seconds is really incredible. It's, it's, uh, everything up to before the Fisher shot, it reminds me of just some of the great sports collapses we've had in any sport. I compared it in the piece I wrote about this game, I compared it to 86 game six, the world series of just like yeah. this terrible thing led to this terrible thing led to this terrible thing. It's really riveting. And what's weird is nobody talks about it. Cause you have no fans. If this had happened to like the Knicks, this would be an iconic Knicks game that was discussed for the rest of our lives. I love talking about how much this game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's brutal. It's one of my, it's one of my hobbies. It would be your worst loss ever if Nick Anderson had missed four straight free throws in the game. No, one of the I don't think that's true. Because you think that was a less swept, worse loss? We got swept in that series. The Rockets got red hot. I kind of feel like that was a dignified loss. We would have gone 2-2 with another home game. Yeah. We'd, we should have, we should have won game two. I mean, yeah, we should have been, probably should have won the series. This is the thing. This is to me is, is looking back at this and having the opportunity to watch this. There was really very little in terms of, of, uh, what these teams each were capable of to distinguish them. I thought the magic were right there with the Lakers. They were not worse than the Lakers. This was not a mismatch. They had every opportunity to win. The only distinguishing factor was the composure, which is so curious to me after what they showed against Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland was And Boston in a game seven. Boston in a game seven. Right. Right. They, They had the chops. They had the ability to come in and, 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 you know, handle that, uh, big time pressure. They showed it. They demonstrated it. Yep. Why did it change? So Fisher's game time three, which is our second most rewatchable sequence. It's coming off the heels of a really good big shot Rob run. And this was a big shot Rob kind of moment uh, for Fisher, who I look back to see how many like great important shots he's made in his career. And it was like way less than I thought. I assumed he had made like 12, but it was really like, the 4.4 4 second shot against the Spurs. It was these two shots in this game. And then in 2010, in game three of the finals in Boston, he just was scorching hot for a whole quarter. But he, he at that point in his career and at this point in the league, he was like third uh, all time in, in NBA like three, playoff, in three pointers. Playoff, playoff three pointers. Yeah. Yes. He was a known, don't leave that guy open in three minutes left. But he had, he had had less than he I thought. He was a known foul that guy if there's four seconds left. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're up three. So we have that. Guy. We have why didn't they just foul? Yeah. Because you could have just had Nelson run in and foul him. They would have had the ball with six seconds left. Ty Lue could have done it. Anybody could have done it. You have Anthony Johnson. The question of why was Nelson playing on 22 feet from the basket instead of 26. That was a problem. Mistakes were made. You have an issue of why was Nelson out there? Why not play taller guys? In addition to the personnel uh, laps, why were they pressing in the backcourt? Why was the defensive scheme pressing in the backcourt and creating the, 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 they put Jameer Nelson in the position that he had to rotate. Why? Just play him straight up. Play everybody straight up. I don't understand but why. But even after he rotated, at least he was in the right he spot. He was in the to vicinity. Step up. I said, when I wrote about it, I said it was one of the top five brain farts in finals history. I actually tried to do the work on this and try to figure it out. 
So last 35 years, James Worthy's floater that Gerald Henderson picked off game two, 1984 finals, saved the series for the Celtics, basically. Um, Carl Malone getting stripped by MJ, game six, decisive sequence, just not even realizing MJ was going to take him. MJ wins the game. Rasheed Wallace leaving Horry open, game five. Horry inbounds the ball, Piston Spurs, passes to the corner to Ginobili. Rasheed Wallace leaves Horry and goes to the corner to double-team Ginobili, who's like, cool, passes it back to Horry, who's red hot, who makes the three. Uh, Spurs end up winning that series. And then last year, I had, I was like top five brain fart when I wrote the piece about this. And I was like, and some other one, I kind of left it open, not knowing J.R. Smith was going to dribble out the clock in 2018 (laughs) game one. And that was, I think, the iconic one of this decade. I think Jameer Nelson not getting up on, on, uh, is the top fiver for me. What do you think, House? It's probably fifth, but I think it's top five. Uh, I don't. I don't have it that high. I think really? it was. It was to me. It was a failure of. I. I think Van Gundy is. is well, to can blame. we give it to? The it was combo a change. It was a chain reaction. You know how like sometimes, exactly. you know, like the SB sometimes they just give the team award. Like we're giving that. We're giving a team best award. best collective brain fart. Best collective, co- yeah, brain fart. The other rewatchable sequence: the last minute OT. The no call on Kobe, the Fisher three, all that stuff. It's really intense. It's poorly played, but mm-hmm. it is pretty good. I don't really have any other uh, rewatchable sequences. What if you just had to watch one part of this game? What would you watch us? The last minute. The last minute thirty. Last minute thirty. Yeah. The choke. Yeah. Clark, probably not. Probably not gonna rewatch it How's at all. Clark's like, I'd love. <laughs> probably, this. I mean, I had a decade. Clark's like, I love the second quarter. I, I, thought I had a decade <laughs> to watch this broadcast, and the fact that I never had until now. It probably, was a great first quarter. Dwight Howard had 11 rebounds in the first quarter. An amazing time, first yeah. quarter. Uh, what age, what's age the best? I have uh, Dwight Howard that first quarter. Yeah. He ends up with 16 and 21 and nine blocks. Like, mm-hmm. This was like kind of a defining Dwight I think Howard that's game. still a finals record that blocks. The yeah. announcers just spooging over him. and it's The just, whole Magic team. I mean, when you even in the beginning... When they're just like, when they're in transition and in the paint, they're deadly. I mean, it was really, there was this feeling, I understand why they did it, that they were trying to talk the magic up because they needed the country to understand that this was a finals and Mm -hmm. this is something to watch. Because I feel like once LeBron was out, the entire country was like, I don't don't care, we're going to watch, you know, the Red Wings play the But I will say, though, the players respected them because they interviewed Dwayne Wade in the second half of this game because he's there. Doris Burke goes and interviews him. And she's like, what is it about this Magic team? And he goes, they're a really tough matchup. They're tough to play. They have size. They can shoot. Like, he he's makes the case, and he has, like, a ton of respect for them. I went to a Heat Magic game in March of that year, and they let Dwayne score 50 and, and won by, like, 30 points. And that was sort of—they were testing this stuff out. Mm. And that's why, you know, they kind of let Kobe do whatever he wanted to do. They let LeBron do whatever they wanted to do. Dwayne Wade was one of the guinea pigs for, for Stan Van Gundy's defense, and I think that's a little bit why uh, mm. that he, he had so much respect for them. Well, that was another what's age the best I had was that interview because he also really raves about Kobe because he had played with Kobe on the 08 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really impactful thing for him and LeBron and Carmelo. And all of those guys had phenomenal years. You remember that next season? You're right. 
And a lot of it was they watched Kobe and how he handled his business and carried himself and how hard he worked. And all but of them were like, oh, shit. It was a huge all of them got better. narrative for Melo. The yeah. only time he ever made it to the Western Conference Finals was that year. Exactly and right. LeBron wins the MVP and Wade had the best year of his career. Yeah. I mean, he had one of the great two-guard years anyone's had, not named Michael Jordan. Another thing that's aged the best, 2009 Hidu Turkoglu. Yeah. Oh, man. Who had been in our lives that whole decade. He was on those weird Kings teams. Spurs. He was— he was yeah, like kind of the young gun, but in the in 2002 was weirdly important and mm -hmm. wasn't ready for the moment. Goes to the Spurs, bounces around, ends up on this Magic team. And in the piece Kevin wrote about this team 10 years later, Van Gundy compares him to Giannis, yeah. and it kind of works. He's like, look, I'm not saying he's the same athlete, but he was a 6'10 guy. There was even more. When he was the on the ball. phone, there were even more qualifications on that. It's like, yeah, he's not Giannis. I'm not saying he's Giannis, but, you know, again, not Giannis. It was like that. It was like 20 minutes of wind-up before he can finally compared him to Giannis. That's a pretty good SVG. You waited all the way now yeah. to break it out, Clark. Well, yeah. I was thinking for him, he's a great what's age the best because— in 2019, oh, yeah. that's exactly who you want as your four. Yes. Right? Lewis, 6'10". Yes. He can rotate and stick his hands up on defense. And then on offense, he could actually facilitate plays with shooters around him and run screens, all that stuff. And I, had swag. Like, yeah, he swag. was not not afraid of the moment. Like, maybe the only guy on Orlando. This is the thing, really, if you, when you're trying to come up with the thin slices that differentiate the Magic from the Lakers in this finals, I think it's just... They only had one guy who was really up for the moment, and it was Hedo, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I loved his game. Uh, you know who didn't love his game? The Raptors fans the following year. Because he signed there for five years, 53 <laughs> million. Another you know guy who did some dining. Another what's aged the best for me. They show everybody at courtside. And in order, it's Chris Tucker, Dwayne Wade, Rihanna. And then the cut to Tiger and Elon. Yeah. I, I, I have... <laughs> is this Tiger's Apex Mountain when you think I, about we're, it? We're getting okay. to it. No, you just spoiled it. <laughs> Hold that thought, Clark. Oh, it makes me laugh so hard. Another what's age the best, 2009 Stan Van Gundy. Here's what I wrote about him in my Game 4 Rennie Diary. I'm going to miss his goofy outfits and hairdos. I'm going to miss the Ron Jeremy jokes. I'm going to miss the way he subtly throws players under the bus in post-game interviews. I'm going to miss seeing his point guard snap at him. I'm going to miss wondering why player X is playing instead of player Y. Most of all, I'm going to miss watching the way he stares ahead during the pregame intros, like he's sitting in the subway next to someone with horrible BO, and all he can think about is getting off at the next stop. I'll miss that the most. <laughs> there was a lot of, this was early Twitter. Twitter takes yeah. off mm. late 2008, early 2009. Sure. The Magic are making their run, and there was just a lot of Van Gundy jokes. He was like one of the first... Hey, what's I, uh, your best Van Gundy joke, guys? I don't want to make this trip down memory lane, but I will say that in my phone, probably nine generations of phones ago, the only Twitter, I didn't have a Twitter. I just had your Twitter page bookmarked. Mm. And I would check it every couple of quarters just to see what Simmons said. You and Pete Thamel were the only two bookmarks I had two of the Twitter greats. pages. He's a big college football fan. Another what's age the best, Kobe's 2009 offensive game, which we discussed, where... They're playing great defense on him, and he's scoring anyway, mm -hmm. which is really the last level. Also, volume Kobe. Like, he was 11-31 in this game. Yeah, yeah, they, they, He's also in what stage the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2009 Howard, here's what I wrote at the time for what stage the best. I thought he played his butt off, inspired effort. He's not accomplished enough offensively yet to dominate games on both ends like Hakeem Robinson, Shaq Kareem, and other top centers of that caliber. Can he get there? 
I don't know. But only in the past three weeks did I start thinking, you know what? He might get there. I wouldn't rule it out. Now if we can only find him a low post mover three. Well, he never got there. <laughs> never happened, Clark. This was the closest he came. Uh, JBG earlier in the game goes, if he ever plays with this energy and passion consistently with his strength and athleticism, NBA, you have no chance. Turned out the NBA had a chance. Do you think that Stan ever said that to Jeff? Oh, it, I know. It's funny rewatching this game, knowing all the things Jeff has complained to Stan or just Stan's complained to Jeff about, yeah. about his team. And Jeff becomes the proxy. Yes, I love it. I had that as another what's age the best. Jeff announcing this game as his brother submitted one of the worst coach fourth quarters, probably in the history of the finals. Pretty funny. Anything else for what's age the best, Clark? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, jumping off the Hito point, just the way the Magic constructed their team. I mean, that's just, as, as we've written and talked about, that's, that's 2019. House? Derek Fisher, Dagger, Dagger God. Yeah. Just, just a, a dagger dog. The Orlando crowd turned out acquitted. to be such a dick. The Orlando crowd acquitted itself well, by the way. I think. So, what's age the best? That Laker composure, the the, yeah. the they earned that. Kobe earned that 2009 Boys. title through setting the tone. He had you know veterans around him. They had, but that wasn't the. Uh, the 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 basketball on a basketball basis, the Magic had every reason to win this series. Yeah, I think you know I'm giving this one to Kobe. Okay, Clark. Yeah, I'm giving it to Kobe too. The the Magic are eliminated from the what age the best conversation. I gotta say, what's age the best for me was my conflicted feelings about Dwight Howard that I hadn't really sorted out in a while. Mm. Watching him going, God, that fucking guy had everything. Yeah, why didn't this work out better? Just he, like didn't, incredible he didn't have athlete. everything, though. He, he didn't. You know? But the, he still was in the potential phase of everything, which I kind of enjoyed in this game. It was like, yeah, it's perfectly reasonable he could have 21 rebounds and nine blocks in this game. We we properly um, hold against guys the missing free throws in, in the last minute of finals games. Yeah. we. I got to say that moment is the best for me, too. That yeah. is such— It's an indictment. That's well, one of those things that's like a penalty kick in soccer— it is baseball when you're the closer and you can't get the final out. And now there's two guys on. There's like certain yeah. things in sport, in tennis when you've just double faulted and now it's break point and you have to get the serve in. And there's just these moments that are just awesome where you're just going, I wouldn't want to be that person right now. And Dwight, on those free throws, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Knowing what we Dwight. know now about big men, is Dwight's career better or worse if he was born in 1995 instead of 1985? Oh, this is a too early, just right, too late question. Oh, I love it. I actually think he's in the perfect decade. Yeah, he's he's missing all the centers from the previous generation and all the guys we have now. He was a physical specimen yeah. and didn't have to go play David Robinson, you know, in, and, in a meaningful way. Yeah, he had like Andrew Bynum was the, the biggest guy he had to worry about and Pau Gasol, people like that. What's age the worst? We talked about the 09 Lakers. It's just so, it's such a weird team to watch now with the big guys, the spacing. And when they're playing, uh, Gasol and Odom and Odom's just kind of standing and like kind of like how Sixers with Ben Simmons now he kind of doesn't know where to go because he doesn't know how to shoot threes yet so if he doesn't have the ball he's just kind of like all right I'll be over here um it's just weird to watch it was only 10 years ago they concede all offense to Kobe yeah they they made that that it was an affirmative obvious decision that Kobe can take all the shots we'll figure it out 
This is when I, this was the year I was writing that they didn't run the triangle, they ran the rectangle. Mm. <laughs> it was just four guys in a rectangle watching Kobe do stuff. <laughs> Another thing that's aged the worst, the Dwight Howard Superman gimmick. There's a couple times in this when oh. he does a dunk and they play the Superman music oh and it's hilarious God. though. God, wow. Da, 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 yeah. na, da, da, da. It's like, he's gonna miss two free throws. <laughs> Sorry, Clark. Not our best in-game production. No, it was. You, you, it should have been. He should have made the free throws. Well, no, but but Shaq had already done the Superman thing. Well, I, I mean, we, that we was all I mean, that, that was truly egregious. It was he, egregious. The suit, and Shaq rightfully hated him for it. Yes. And killed him for years. Yes. I was like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. It diminished his his overall legacy, I think. Come it up really, with your own. Honestly, if he didn't do that, he would have come up with something worse. Like, it's not, probably, it's not exactly. Pro probably, but. Not a creative genius. Not Jordan Peele here, okay? <laughs> There's 40 superheroes you could have picked. He's like, I'm going to pick the guy who was on this team 10 years ago, who was the previous best center. I'm just who, gonna, who now left, I'm Superman. Who left after four years. It's supposed to be an homage. Town hates him. Well, maybe Dwight Howard was on to something about how superheroes were going to um, just change actors all the time. He he's was like, I see that? a world where... He saw the franchise? Yeah, he's like, in? I see a world where it's going to be Henry Cavill as Superman and then yeah. Andrew Garfield and who the fuck knows. Another what's aged the worst, Pau Gasol's hair is really <laughs> reprehensible in this. It, it's stunning. I can't, it looks uh, like, no. I kind of loved it. He looks like a beach dude from Spain. He looks like he's just spent a month in Ibiza. He's I like, I thought he looked like he had oh, just spent the no. last eight hours in a hotel room that was 120 degrees having sex with somebody <laughs> and was just emerging for a shower. That's a Biza. That's, That's a right. Biza. That's a wow, it's a bad haircut. Uh, another what's aged the worst, Scott Foster and Bennett Salvatore. Yeah. Let's mention that again. <laughs> I think that aged the best. God, you, Scott Foster was the guy. If you if if it was two to one or three to two and you needed a tie series, that was your first call. <laughs> How do we get Scott Foster in here? Scott, here's the memo for tonight. Call out of fouls. On the big guys in the Lakers. The uh, the Lakers triangle, I, I've always thought, was fucking bogus. And it's yeah. more bogus than ever in this finals. They're not running a triangle. No, it's the they Kobe are not. Bryant offense. It's not even close. Um, Dwight Howard's jump hook and low post game in general? Oh, it, it was just nothing. It's not that it aged. It never aged. It's, it's no age. I just it's forgot, still, I kind of forgot how terrible it was. Timeless in a way. Yeah, maybe it just... It, <laughs> well, it was never born. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Richard Lewis three points in the yeah. entire four quarters of not the must win game of the season was tough. He'd been good in other times. Uh, this no, this is a thing. It's a make or miss league. They say that. I've heard that. Any other what's age the worst for you? Yeah. For me, it's Celebrity Row. Um, having been around uh, that, we used to, so the way the old arena works was you could get onto the floor if you didn't have floor seats because there was an entrance there that no one, you would just say you were going to the restaurant. Oh. So we would sneak in and we would time it so that it would be the anthem so they couldn't tell us to leave, okay? So we would stand on the floor and just kind of look around, be next. I remember being next to Carlos Boozer and Ahmad Rashad, mm. I think before this game or the game before. But a lot of B-minus celebrities here or or <laughs> celebrities that just age poorly. Like the Apex Mountain here would be Lil Wayne, who was an absolute god Ooh, at those games. Wow. An absolute god and now if you were to say that Lil, Lil Wayne couldn't walk because he was hounding people, you'd say, well, that's not. Chris you know. Tucker was another one. Chris Tucker. Uh, Chris Brown. 
was there. Um, and yeah. Rihanna. Well, Rihanna, and, sure. and Rihanna. It was, yes. And, God, uh, you had Chris Brown and yeah. Rihanna there and Tiger and Elin. Yep. That's, had, that's a real uh, fun. So I don't know if they showed Were this. Were OJ but, and Nicole at this game well, or no? Well, uh, let's, let's. Uh, it's too late. Pisco Burris was there. Jesus. Was um, Monte Teo there? It's <laughs> a little before his time. Yeah, it was. Uh, Lou Holtz was there. Uh, Tim Tebow was there on the floor. Uh, I don't know if it was this, that game or the game before. Were the Menendez twins there? I, it was. It was quite a late two thousands crew at those playoffs. That's games. a good what stage the worst. Scott, really good. I think Scott Stapp made an appearance at one point. What do you have, House? I, I mean, I just think the Richard Lewis going cold is is you know at exactly the wrong time. Yeah. I have Pau Gasol's hair. It's just spectacularly <laughs> bad. Half fast internet research. Quick, quick reminder: how the Lakers put this championship team together. They ended up with Derek Fisher in the summer of 2007 when he asked Utah to let him out of his contract because his daughter had a rare eye disease and needed to be near certain hospitals, which was a terrible story. But they don't realize that he's going to leave and immediately go to the Lakers, so they're trying to beat in the playoffs. And then in this playoffs, 2009, Utah plays the Lakers. And they have to go against Derek Fisher, who they let out of his contract. But I... I blame Utah more. Be like, yeah, we'll let you out of a contract, but you can't sign with the Lakers. I think would have been the catch, right? Do you know in uh, European soccer, they put in clauses sometimes that you can't play against the team that sold you immediately? Yeah, so right. that, that could have like, worked you here. Can't, you can't play. Or it's a loan system where it's like, okay, we're going to give you this guy for the year, but you can't play against us. So that's how they got Fisher. Do you remember how they got Trevor Ariza in February 2008? From the Magic. Do you remember who the Magic uh, got back in that? Trade for the guy who destroyed them in the Brian finals. Cook? Brian Cook and Mo Evans. Yeah. Wow, that's dream, pretty dream pretty team, Clark. Yeah, <laughs> maybe do that one over again. And then uh, forgot about Mo. How can you leave out Mo Evans in that in that deal? <laughs> and then uh, Pal Gasol. You want to talk about that one, House? I uh, have talked about it ad, ad nauseum over the years. You know the the secret Chris Wallace making Pal Gasol available. Directly to the Lakers. Three weeks before the trade deadline. And nobody else in the entire NBA. And taking back his brother, who was a project. Who's a 310-pound project. And remained a project for, you know. And and who was the other guy? He got Kwame Kwame Brown. Brown. Javaris Crinton. How can I forget? To two great ex wizards, and he uh, got the and he got their number one pick, which was great because that was the 29th pick in the draft. So anytime you can get that for Pelgas, Bill, do you remember when Phil Jackson went on PTI that night when they got Powell? It was an iconic performance, and Will Bonner cornered somebody asked asked Phil what his reaction was when Mitch Kupchak said you can get Powell for Kwame Brown and a prospect, and Phil Jackson just started cackling. He just started. It was just like a, it was like an evil movie villain it was amazing and then he said he thought he was and what he was trying to say was he was trying to kick Kupchak out of his office he didn't think it was serious but it ended up just being a, a cackle well I was at super at the Super Bowl when the Patriots lost to the Giants it was a Friday afternoon mm. I was in sorry Kyle I was in uh, Scottsdale Arizona with my dad we were at a bar we were having a great time the Pats mm. were going 19-0 we were surrounded by Pats fans mm. it's a love fest and on that TV, my my dad's squinting. And he's like, the Lakers get Pau Gasol? And we're like, what? And we're looking, and it's like running on the ticker, and it's like yeah. the Lakers get Pau Gasol. So I go on um, I go on uh, online, but we don't have Twitter back then. I'm not even on Twitter. 
looking for stuff and then finally end up walking toward the TV and squinting to read the the ticker and it rolls off what they gave up and it ruined our whole day. We were like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what the Pau Gasol, that was all it was? Now they get Marc Gasol out of the trade who eventually becomes Marc Gasol and it belatedly becomes a great trade, but I still don't think it defends the trade. No, this was in an era where, where David Stern it was still an activist Stern, <laughs> <laughs> let's say. And, you know, the 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 fact that the, the there was no market, there was no mature market because of how much it preceded the trade deadline by. Yeah. And there was there was no no other trades of that stature. And, you know, D- David Stern was very much, uh, uh, you know, in the best interest of the league kind of uh, frame of mind. This is the same year he was stealing the Sonics from Seattle and moving them to OKC. S- Busy year. Yeah. Apex <laughs> Busy year for Stern. <laughs> yeah, this trade was terrible. And the Marcus Gasol thing should not have exonerated it. They took a fucking flyer on him. It would be like in the Anthony Davis trade if Josh Hart became Chris Paul. And be like, well, they got Josh Harda. He's five time, first time on NBA. It's like, yeah, but he was not that when they it traded. It changed for him. the balance of the league. It was crazy. So it altered. But it was the, also the, really good front officing by the Lakers. Those are three really smart moves. So wanted to mention that. Wanted to mention the Lewis contract in 07, six years, 118 million. It's on the Mount Rushmore of it is. what the fuck contracts. One of the first multiple worst. It turned out okay it for the first okay. couple of years, but in the moment, it was one of those what? Well, it killed the franchise eventually because we flipped it for Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. That was the problem. It started to expire, and we said, I've got it. What if we flipped it for just a DOA Gilbert Arenas? And I then, got uh, I I I talked to someone literally DOA. I talked to someone. In the Magic organization, when Gilbert Arenas was was there, and we're talking about Gilbert, and because uh, that's all you could talk about those days, and the person said, if Gilbert just didn't have a name attached and didn't have his contract, not only would he not be in the NBA, he wouldn't be in the D League, and he was making yeah, what, like 30, twenty million a year. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Anyway, your twenty twelve Orlando Magic. <laughs> well, the other thing they did was they trade after Turkle left for Toronto, five years, fifty three. They trade for Vince Carter. They trade Courtney Lee and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And now Vince Carter is going to be your savior. Somehow Vince Carter and Dwight Howard are on we the We got Ryan team. Anderson in that deal, who ended up being— Yeah, he ended up being better than Vince Carter. Player. It's the Mark Gasol of that deal. <laughs> um, April 2009, Sports Illustrated, Dwight on the cover. The, head, the headline on the cover was Too Much Fun. Yep. And then the story was called The Happy Dunker. So if that doesn't say it, I don't know what. Uh, next category, greatest what-if slash sliding doors moment. I think it's the Courtney Lee layup. I went and watched it a few times. Now, there was a whole argument when this happened, and this was early Twitter too, so it was a lot of like, fuck that guy, he choked. That was, that would have been- That sounds so different from Twitter now. I know, now Twitter is so much better. Um, It was a hard layup. It was a really hard layup. It was one of those plays that if he had made it, it would have been a legendary NBA shot. Yes. And I would love to see just all kinds of NBA players just that shot reenacted, how many they would be able to do with the pressure of the moment. He's kind of behind the backboard after right. he catches it. Yeah. And he's got to fling it up. He has less than a second. So, Clark's not hearing any of it. No, I just talked to him about this. He said he too much momentum. He pushed off too hard because he was too excited. And then he then he was flying through the air a little too quickly. And then he also, by virtue of that, put the ball off the backboard too with too much juice. So my perception 
uh, was that uh, he was going too fast. Yeah. He misapprehended how much time this this you know thing yeah. that we observe with these guys where the the clock in their heads is going faster than the clock on the Rookie floor. Mistake. Yeah. Well, how? So I mean, we're basketball players. We know. Um, <laughs> one of the weird shots is the alley oop non dunk, where you have to catch it, but then it's the layup. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's. It's unnatural. It can go wrong more times than it goes right. I don't hold that against them, but I will say, if that goes in, I really do think they could have won this series. Me too. I think they would have won game three. Then Scott Foster and Bennett Salvatore have different instructions for game four. Yeah, right. Now it's Probably like, a look, different outcome. Kobe shooting 19 free throws tonight, guys. Uh, we're doing that in. But that is, I think, the what-if sliding doors moment of this series, unless you can come up with a better one. No, that's it. Why, I, the why? only other one you could say is if Jameer Nelson doesn't no, get hurt, what happens? But that's... I mean, it's completely There's different. They may not year. make the finals. Why wouldn't it? Why couldn't it also be there. Dwight making one of those free throws? Because he's Dwight. Two that, two. To me, two, that's a microcosm yeah, of everything. Two of, uh, two. At that point, going back home for Game Five. All right, so let's play that out. He makes one of the two. Eleven seconds left. It's two two. We play Game Five. No, but the, do the Lakers have any chance? Oh, well, eleven four, seconds. It's left? four points. Four points. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but they I think the magic Kobe takes out. a three with two guys on him, probably goes in. Now you're up one. Now some magic else is the in magic closes it out. I think so. So confident. I think so. Two two. You have game five in Orlando. Because if you have the opportunity to get Dwight off the floor. If, the referees if, for game five would be Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Diane Cannon, and Flea. And Flea, yeah. Yeah. Be like, all right, guys, take us home. Nerd corner. Two thousand nine magic. Twenty six point two three four. Three-pointers a game. That's Ahead like of their time. Somewhere in the vicinity of now. In the playoffs, 23.3 three-point field goals a game. I stole this from Clark's Com. Three yeah. teams in NBA history made 10 three-pointers a game while attempting less than 80 field goals. Each was an Orlando team coached by Stan Van Gundy. That's SVG incredible. the innovator, baby. Starting with uh, this 09 finals team. That's incredible. From 08 through 2011, Dwight Howard's record regular season Two, 219 and 102. It's pretty good. That's not bad. Are we going to... Uh, what's the rating for, for SVG? Is he underrated, overrated, or proper? Oh, prop, I think he's properly rated. He's fine. I think, I think underrated for being an innovator. Overrated I think his game is. coaching and player management was, uh, un, was underrated and bad. I mean, literally a disaster in this game. Disaster in this game. Dwight turned on him by 2011. Would that have happened with anyone else? Probably. Probably. He turned, the Detroit he turned on thing's the city a disaster. Of Orlando is the problem. My thing is, did he get too much credit for this? Because if you have wow. Turkaloo, Richard Lewis, and Dwight yeah, Howard, spacing, what are you going to do? The spacing doesn't work. Oh, you mean Stan? Yeah, what are you going to oh, do? Yeah. You have all those three guys already. We're like, yeah, I, you- think, I think there was some innovation just as far as putting those guys on the court and trusting Hito to handle the ball and and shooting. I mean, listen, a lot of, not a lot of people were shooting threes like You that. have to give them the green light to shoot. Yeah. That's the point. This is the difference between the Mark Jackson but Golden State yeah. Warriors. Courtney, Courtney Lee said if you didn't sh- take an open shot, you were going to come out of the game. But Rashard Lewis, thing. all he was was a three-point shooter. That's why they got him. I could handle the four. But I, it, I mean, he wasn't going to post up. What it, is he going to do? They're going to like clear out for Rashard Lewis? The amplifying effect of all of those guys, what he just said about the the open shot rule. Courtney Lee took threes. JJ uh, Reddick, they had. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, dude. Like they, Kevin said it earlier okay. in the pod. I think he kind of stumbled into the roster, but I'll also give him credit. Oh, now we're giving Otis Smith credit. Yeah. <laughs> Apex Mountain. Apex Mountain for Otis Smith. <laughs> 
Deion Waiters Award for best heat check. It's either Ariza or Pietras. I think the yeah. Lakers won the game, so it goes to Ariza. It goes to Ariza. Ariza, uh, 16 points, nine rebounds, two steals, quality defense, 44 minutes of all over the place mode. And I wrote after this game, Ariza made himself a ton of money this spring, which he did. I think he signed with Houston for like five years, 30 million. Here we are 10 years later, still collecting paychecks. House, here's uh, your favorite category, the Grady Little Award for biggest coaching fuck-up. Not even a question. <laughs> I gave it to Stan Van Gundy's entire game four, but I wanted to just point out um, some of the worst inbounds plays maybe ever. Like, it was almost like bizarro Brad Stevens, where just four guys not really doing much, and then it ends up just getting thrown to one of them, and then they have to do an off-balance something. Yeah. Never really had the secret... My season's on the line. What's my best possible play? What's play? my play? What's yeah. the play? Oh, this is, I've been saving this all year. It's the Richard Lewis coming around the corner and he's open. Well, we butt. had our one play and it was the Courtney Lee miss layup. And it was, well, there goes that. That's it. Let's no, but look, let's, it's be, true. let's be fair. They did run the pick and roll and Dwight did have Kobe on it. And I mean, is it possible Dirk that Luth choked on the pass? That he choked on the pass, right? Kobe f- was repeatedly fouling him on that play. I mean, too. It, they it, it. It, it, this is the thing that he might have called the right play. Hayden choked on the pass. Um, Courtney Lee playing seven minutes in that game was weird. Well, he broke his face earlier in the yeah. playoffs. He had some, I think, he had some conditioning issues after that because you know the nose. Yeah, tough one. Tough one. Then uh, the Fisher three we went through, yeah. not fouling, wasn't great. Five ten Nelson, all that stuff. It was a brutal, brutal game for Stan Van Gundy, and unfortunately for him, his brother was announcing. Uh, the award for best chemist, I studied the Lakers bench, how they reacted coming off for the Fisher shot and a couple other plays, and DJ Mbenga really impressed me. Oh, DJ. I thought his, uh, his chemistry that he was bringing to the table was really great, <laughs> so he wins the award for best chemist. My Anthony half- Johnson did not win that award, by the way. He's the anti-chemist. Just pissed off the entire series. <laughs> he was like Breaking Bad. This is a chemist. Let's take a break to talk about Music Exists, the Ringer's newest podcast hosted by Chuck Klosterman, a longtime friend of the BS podcast, as well as Chris Ryan, uh, one of the Ringer OGs. They ask and answer big questions about their love of music, covering artists from Steely Dan, Billy Eilish, Drake, to Radiohead, all kinds of artists. They're exploring multiple aspects of the music experience, concerts, fandom, criticism, genre, lyrics, all deep dives on all these different things. 15 episode season begins on Wednesday, February 19th with three episodes that examine why music and the experience of music matters. It is available exclusively on Spotify. It's free, obviously. Just go there, search Music Exists and follow the podcast and every time a new one pops up you'll get it just like you get the hottest take or other podcast that's exclusive on spotify takes from all kinds of people including myself i just had one recently about how the nerds ruined baseball now they're coming for basketball but you can hear the hottest take every day exclusively on spotify just follow it those are our two exclusive spotify podcasts check both of them out music exists music exists music exists and the hottest take only on Spotify. So my half-baked big picture take is Kobe, when he was in get out of my way, I have a chance to win the finals MVP mode was kind of not great. This is now it swung around. We talked about what's age the best Kobe's game. Oh, four finals. He takes 113 shots in five games, 38%. 2008 finals, 131 shots in six games, 40.5%. 2009, 
2009 finals, 135 shots, 43%. And then 2010, 163 shots, 40%. He's basically a 40% shooter in the the three finals without Shaq and then the one last finals with Shaq. Um, But what's interesting is nobody had ever won a finals with a player doing this, basically. Mm -hmm who was like, I'm shooting 27 to 30 times a game. Stay out of my way. I got this. And I'm not even shooting at a high percentage. This is the first time that ever won. I was working on my book of basketball and I was working on the epilogue and I had to turn it in at the end of June. And the whole thing was like the secret, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then Kobe does this and it's like- Not the secret. Well, now what do I do? And I went and saw Bill Walton and wrote a whole chapter about Bill oh. Walton and I figuring out the secret versus what the fuck happened, which- Turned out to be a really good chapter, but um, Kobe's confounding. The shots he makes are amazing. I don't think he would have been fun to play with. His mental toughness was unbelievable. And I I both admire him and I wouldn't have wanted to play with him, I think is where I landed. Kobe versus the 09 Magic, especially Dwight, is quite a mental toughness mismatch. (laughs) That's, I'll say that. This is the point. That is the difference. That is, he, it was a force of will series and Kobe had it and nobody on the magic. Did you see the play where they collide and they get it? They kind of get into each other's face and then they're walking back up the court. Dwight doesn't bark at him and Kobe looks like he's going to fight him. Dwight avoids eye contact. Yeah. Kobe is looking right right at him the whole time and and in his ear the whole time and Dwight never looks at him. The uh, Tim McCarver Memorial Broadcast Team Complaint Corner. (laughs) Our announcers were Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy. I got to say, I I thought they did a really good job. And if anything, my complaint is going to be they should go back and watch this game and watch how they actually talked about the game the whole time and not the officials the whole time. I I thought it was— The officials were in there a little, but not really. But you think maybe they should have mentioned the officials a little bit more. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) if— if they did this game now, that's all they would have talked about were the calls. The mismatch. Yeah. Within four quarters of how bad the calls were. Yeah. I think I thought even Mark Jackson, who I did not think had a good last couple of years, I thought he was actually pretty good in this game mm-hmm. and was really on the whole Orlando point guard thing. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. Jameer Nelson like can't play. It's pretty obvious. Then he apologizes later from to Stan Van Gundy. Section two ten where I was. Well, Clark's been waiting for this. All podcasts, Apex Mountain. Oh, God. <laughs> you want to start us off? Sure. Dwight Howard, I'm going to say yes. In a weird way. I think uh, the 09 playoffs was yeah. his apex. Oh, yeah. How, how can you? Yeah. It has is. To, Not has this to game, be. but I would say the playoffs in general. He dragged. Even this game, he's fucking awesome. He just yeah. choked on the free throw line, which was his whole career. But yeah. this he was, was all the Dwight Howard package. He, that's it. He confirmed exactly who he is. He was who we thought he was. Turkaloo. Absolutely. Although Apex, him getting a, a you know sixty million dollar contract like two weeks later was <laughs> yeah that's his. Was, was pretty Apexy. <laughs> Trevor Ariza, yes, mm. he had some nice years. Would you give it to Derek Fisher? No, no, no. You did I, the point four. You said shot? this yeah. in your column afterwards. This is just like Derek Fisher game two. Like this yeah. is the second Derek Fisher. Game. He was over five until he made the one. Yeah, Derek Fisher has his game, and this is not it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Tiger and Elon. Yes. Oh. Well, this was the at the very least, this was the last good time for Tiger. <laughs> so Tiger's coming off wins the US Open in yeah. 2008 against yeah. Rocco Media with right. Torn ACL. Has surgery for it. 
and then is recovering basically in Orlando. And now is all all in on this magic playoff run. He becomes their Jack Nicholson. Yeah. With the wife. They seem happy. It's kind of sad to see them in the uh in the shot. Anyone else for Apex Mountain? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. That's uh, Tiger is the wild card. Rashid? Definitely not this game. Rashard? Rashard. Yeah. Rashid. uh, How about Rashid? Rashid Rashid Wallace? (laughs) I'll tell you what, an underrated Rashid moment is when he played the Magic in Orlando the year before. My mom and I went. And uh, the the Magic lost the game on a reviewed play. It was like some out-of-bounds thing. And Rashid walked out of the building. And I've never seen a video of this or anything like that. He walked out of the tunnel going like this to the entire crowd. Just flicking. <laughs> so the middle, finger salute, middle fingers salute. Middle finger salute. Just going around the court. Just making sure everybody <laughs> saw it because they weren't coming back. Because it was, I think they were going up 3-1 in the series. They were going to clinch in Detroit. So he was just going around saluting the Orlando crowd. Which had been a kind of a heated series. Just giving a middle finger salute to the entire arena. I've never seen video of never seen a picture of it. But it was uh, it was qu- maybe it was somebody the, took uh, thing took quite, a video of it. Quite the moment for Rashid, but Rashard definitely not. Rashard's Apex Mountain was Cleveland series, yes, yes. and the contract. Mitch Kupchak. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, ten what? years later, he's giving Terry Rozier fifty eight million dollars, thinking about how he's put this Lakers team together. Kind of has to be, yeah. I can't come up with a better Mitch Mitch, Mitch moment. He didn't the, fleece anybody after this. One of the problems for Orlando in this series was that Richard Lewis's Apex Mountain was two weeks earlier, and Ray for Austin's Apex Mountain was four weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. And those were two of the guys they needed right. to actually win right. the finals. I'm trying to think. Anybody else? Yeah, that's probably it. That's All right. probably it. Funniest in-game network promo. I have two. The ABC drama Flash Forward in which 7 billion people black out for 2 minutes and 17 seconds. That was a show that happened 10 years ago. Unbelievably, uh, that's what happened to Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> like that? He was more, he probably was 2 minutes and 17 isn't that, seconds. Isn't that that show Leftovers? Wasn't that, didn't all, that turn into every the show, show after Lost was that show. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, this was also the series, if you remember, there was that movie Year One with Jack Black yeah. and Michael Sarah, And they were just banging promos for it. Oh. And... People did not like it and got mad about it. And we're like, all right, enough with this fucking movie. I have one, but it was in the arena. Yeah. There was a moment where they they trotted out Hulk Hogan. And mm. he did this, this bit where he wore a Lakers jersey. And then everybody booed him. Mm-hmm. And then he ripped the Lakers jersey to reveal a Magic jersey. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. And then they played Born to Run by Springsteen. Great. It was a great moment. But then they kept showing Hulk Hogan in the arena, and he kept getting mad about it. Wait, so Hulk Hogan was at this game too? (laughs) This is like all all of the scandals of the last 12 years are at this game. In the same place. And he started, every time the camera was on him, he would give the motion to put the camera down. And people were just like, what the hell is Hulk Hogan doing? He just paraded around the court. Now he doesn't want to be on, now he doesn't want the attention. He wore (laughs) a bandana to this game. So we have <laughs> Tiger and Elin, who are in the most controversial thing that happened last decade. Yeah. We have Chris Brown and Rihanna when, in one of the most horrible things that happened in the last 10 years or so. You have Hulk Hogan, who led to the Gawker trial. and all, I mean, that whole I mean, fucking, put Gawker out of business. You have um, Kobe Bryant, who was involved in that, you know, 2003 sexual assault trial. And 
whatever the hell happened to Dwight Howard last year, which we're not going to talk about. Mm. You have all of those things at this game. Yeah. And Kevin Clark. Um, hottest retroactive take that you wish you had had in the moment. Mm. I wish I just had it in print. Just like, hey guys, once and for all, you're never winning a title with Dwight Howard. Just stop it. This is fool's gold. You can't win if this guy's your best player. I didn't have the balls to say it. It was always like, ah, maybe. Well, if he does this, ah. So they could have won this one. Clark. They could have won. They could have won this Thank one. you, House. I agree. They could have. You know why they didn't win the title? Because Dwight Howard missed two free throws. That's true. Best unintentional comedy moment. I mailed this to you guys. So if you go to the YouTube clip, <laughs> I'll put this on my Instagram when we post this podcast. 10.8 seconds left, fourth quarter. Right before the Derek Fisher shot, they show the three announcers. They're talking about what's going to happen. Yeah. And there's two drunk women behind them. Two blondes. They're both holding beers and they're both like, I'm on TV, but super sloppy. And then one of them leans over and she's trying to get on TV, leans back and goes flying and falls backwards off her chair. She misses her chair. Yeah. She missed the chair and just disappears <laughs> and then hops back in. Everybody's <laughs> laughing. And this missed, if this happened in 2019, people would have loved it. It would have been a, a Twitter meme. Meme. For- Orlando was, was lit at that point. It's not too late to turn that into a meme, by the way. We can do it right now. the chair. This is a good segue to something I want to talk about with the house. I went to an Orlando playoff game, I think in 2010, maybe. Okay. The Boston series? No, it was the one before. Who'd you play before then? Uh, Charlotte? It was somebody. I can't remember. Cougar Central. Oh. I had no idea. That's the reputation. And at that point, I was about to turn Why do you 40 think- or I just turned 40, but it was like, oh my, I didn't realize this is Cougar Central. You know who knew about it? Joe House? Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. He sure did. House, uh, Kevin, why are, Why is Orlando Cougar Central? How did you claim this title? Well, I think that there's, it shares it. I mean, I think there's parts of Arizona. I think there's parts That's fair. Of I didn't want to leave out South Arizona. Florida. <laughs> I think that Sorry, Arizona. I think that it's, it's places that are warm and there's a lot of just, I don't know. No taxes and rich no guys? No taxes, rich guys. And, and bars? Some, a lot of great outdoor bars, some superficial behavior in a lot of these plastic places. Plastic surgeons? Yeah. Um, a lot of plastic surgeons, a lot of money in both Arizona and Florida. That's what they, the 10% you're not paying in state taxes goes to that kind of stuff. Goes to Silicon. Um, so I think there's there's uh, there's some some real reasons behind it. It's impressive. I would so, also, I'd also love, there's a little bit of North Florida in there too. I'd say like Jacksonville. Hmm. So if you want to see uh, two cougars and then one fall backwards on YouTube, um, you can check that out or I'll put it on my line. All right. Probably unanswerable questions. Was Orlando our greatest PDs team? Mm. Let's go through wait, the evidence. Wait, 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 wait. Let's it, go through the evidence. So it's only NBA, right? So we can't talk about the 04 Red Sox. Yeah, NBA. Or we can't, can't talk, talk about the 04 Red Sox. We can't talk about the New England Patriots. <laughs> no. no. Okay, okay. What Just, Patriots? Who in the Patriots? Julian Edelman. Oh, it's a mistake. <laughs> okay. He was in the He inhaled it. He was, was trying to second-hand recover, recovery drugs. Second-hand PED smoke. No, NBA. So, Richard Lewis, you can look this up. <laughs> I don't need to. No. Failed a PED test that summer from a P test that happened in the finals. Healthy. Just trying to get healthy. In the finals, he failed <laughs> the test. Just trying to get healthy. He was suspended for the first 10 games of the next season. He said it was a mita- mistake. It was a supplement. Tainted, he took. It was realize. a tainted supplement. Turkaloo in 2013 Sorry. was suspended for 20 games for PEDs. Mm-hmm. Marcin Gortat was on this team. Nobody had more back knee. I have no evidence at all that anything happened with him, but I just want to point out he had a ton of yeah. back sits back then. 
And then Dwight Howard was always somebody we wondered about. He was, his shoulders, everything. He was just so muscular. His body broke down early. There were some signs. I'm not going Whether to. Whether it happened or not. I, well, for Howard, I'll, I'm, I'll draw the line. Uh, because he arrived in the league already. So, uh, such yeah. a specimen. So the PD, the PD guys we knew about were Lewis and Turkaloo. And then have about. fun with whoever else. Mike Bianchi, by the way, yeah. one of your idols. Right. <laughs> he wrote uh <laughs> he wrote a piece of I love by the way, you get like Bob Ryan and, and McDonough and all these guys, and Mike I got Bianchi. Bianchi. So 2013, after he do got nailed, he wrote a piece about wondering whether we should need to revisit the legacy of this team because Lewis and other stuff. So yeah. No. Next unanswerable question, did Turk Lou invent the step back three? Because he does it a couple of times in this game, and it's not the James Harden step back, but it is the well, kind of, I'm 22 feet away, but now I'm 24 and I'm shooting a three. And I, I don't... It wasn't a travel when Hato he wasn't, did it. No, but did he, did he form a seed in James Harden's brain? I, I'm not... James Harden in, in Tucson, Arizona, watching this and going, wow. With three Cougars. <laughs> I'm not prepared to give... I think it's a good iteration of it. Michael Jordan invented the, sp- the step back. Not for threes, though. The, uh, that's exactly right. Innovative. But that jab step step back is is MJ. So who and do we think invented it? Everybody emulated MJ. Who invented it then? If anybody knows, email us at mailbag at the ringer.com. The other unanswerable question what happens if KG doesn't get hurt in 2009? This was the best Celtics team. We didn't have Courtney for that. 35 and 5. <laughs> So Stan said, no was, one talks about losing a start, two starters, Cordelia fair. and Jameer. It was the best of the three Celtics teams, and he got hurt on a fluke alley-oop in Utah where he just landed wrong, and he never came back. And he was one of the best seven players in the league. And um, I just think they would have beaten Orlando. They beat well, him they next beat year. Well, they beat him the next year. But we but you didn't have Vince it with Vince Carter and Ahito. To inventing, so in, innovating the step-back three. Just about every <laughs> season has a what-if this guy hadn't been hurt guy, and he's the what-if guy from that year. Okay. Uh, last question. Who won the game? Oh, God. I honestly think Kobe Bryant, probably. Derek Fisher? I think Derek Fisher. I think Stan Van Gundy. What? Okay. Yeah. I like it. He, he called a trap in the backcourt that led to Derek Fisher having oh, so, an unimpeded no, we, open you, look. I can't allow you to have Derek for, to have <laughs> Stan Van Gundy as the who won the game. As a sleeper cell for the Lakers. <laughs> That's that is exactly the sequence, though. All right, I. It's a tough one because Derek Fisher was five for eleven, and he only made two threes. He had twelve points, but the two threes he made were like the two biggest shots of the entire series. So I go Derek Fisher. Yeah, I go Fisher. Too. If I have to go the conventional route, I'm gonna. I'll I'll, say Kobe. I also hey, I I will throw out Lamar Odom, who was just an absolute beast in these finals. Just from a from a role player perspective, he only was nine the points key. in this game. But I understand that. But I mean, great. it's yeah. it's he he was the, Stan told me he's the reason that they weren't able to have. What a about DJ Mabenga? No, Jordan I, way too much Jordan Farmar than I remember. Nine minutes in this game. I know. I didn't think he was on the team. It's well, this was that led to uncomfortable. That's a, a year later. The Nets when they struck out yeah. on all the free agents, yeah. they trotted him out and with Johan Petro and, and Anthony Morrow. And a couple that sounds of, like this Knicks three. roster this year. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it has to be Derek, Derek Fisher. Fisher. Okay, for the shot over Jameer Nelson and then the uh, overtime shot. Um, that's it. We did everything. Covered it all. June eleventh, two thousand nine. Game four of the two thousand nine finals. And. uh 
And Orlando is a lot closer to winning the title than I think Thank anyone you. wants My to admit. My work is done here. They Your really work were. is done here, Kevin yeah. Clark. They were incredible. The forgotten innovators, not forgotten, uh, just an incredible choke job. That's yep. it for the rewatchables here on the Book of Basketball podcast. Thanks, Joe House. Thanks, Kevin Clark. Thank you. Thanks. 